Grace and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you uh, for this great announcement from Gabriel today. We pray that you would sanctify us with your word as we come and listen to you now, that you would make us holy through your truth. For this, your word is truth. Amen. I wonder if you've heard the saying that goes something like, if you really want to get to know a person, you need to walk a mile in their shoes. A mile, 1.6 kilometres maybe. You know that saying, walk a mile in someone else's shoes? Sounds difficult, but uh, often I see uh, Amy staggering around our place with her little feet in Janelle's shoes or in my bigger shoes and you hear her clacking around and stumbling around as she goes. And often when I see that, it worries me a little bit too because I stopped going to church when I was about 15, 14 or 15 years old and didn't go back till I was 25. And when I see her walking in my shoes, it kind of makes me think, I hope she doesn't walk in my shoes through those years. I hope she doesn't walk away from that path that Jesus has called her on um, and go away from church like I did. Now, obviously, that's my prayer for my family, but it's my prayer for your family as well and for all of you. Walking a mile in someone else's shoes. What would it be like to walk a mile in the shoes of those biblical heroes from the Old Testament? People like Noah, David, Abraham. What would that be like? What would you have done if God came to you and told you to build a massive ark because he's going to flood the world? What would you do with that? What would you do if uh, he demanded you sacrifice your child like he did to Abraham? How would you respond if you were one of the Israelites that walked through the Red Sea uh, and you got up on the other side of the bank and the waves came crashing down on those Egyptians? How would you be if you were there when you saw David taking out the massive giant Goliath? How would you be if you were in the shoes of those walking around the city of Jericho and seeing those walls come tumbling down? What would it be like to be in their shoes. Today I'm going to ask you to use your imagination. I'm going to ask you to imagine that you're walking in Mary's shoes. And what would it be like to have been visited by the angel Gabriel? What would it be like to hear that message, greetings, you who are highly favoured, the Lord is with you. I think most of us would be happy to walk that far in Mary's shoes, to hear that we're highly favoured and that the Lord is with us. That would be okay. But then what about Gabriel going on and saying, you will conceive and give birth to a son and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. Oh, boy. That's a bit different. It's a bit different, isn't it? How would you respond to that? Let alone think even beyond that. How do you respond to being God's favoured one and enjoying all the blessings and benefits that he gives you right to this very moment in time, in history, here today? How do you respond to being a favoured child of God? And who is this Mary? Who is this highly favoured one? Who is she? She gets a... A lot of, uh, she's in the paper a lot in statues overseas. Uh, The Catholic Church make a lot of Mary. But who is she? She was born, well some say she was born in Jerusalem, some say she was born in Nazareth. But she's a normal person. Wherever she was born, 
Her life unfolded as a normal person in Nazareth in the hills of Galilee. And Mary lived just as they did, as any normal person did in that town. She lived in a small family home that would have been made of stone and mud brick. She worked like any young girl. She would have been grinding wheat and barley into flour. She would have been preparing dishes of beans, of vegetables, of fruits, nuts and maybe the occasional chunks of mutton thrown into the dish as well. Wool had to be made into clothing. Bread had to be baked. A few chickens and a donkey had to be fed. And in the village, small as it was, there was always probably a big host of children to care for too. And so this young girl, Mary, uh, at this time probably, you know, just at that turning phase to womanhood, uh, would have known all these different experiences. Now the people of Nazareth, we need to know, had a very strong Jewish faith and so Mary would have known that too and they're amazing people. I mean, they knew by heart the deeds of kings like King Solomon and King David. They knew by heart the words of great prophets like Isaiah, the words of great prophets like Elijah. They could just recite that stuff to you. They're amazing people. And these people also believed that God would one day send a Messiah who would free Israel completely from all her enemies. Mary shared this Jewish faith. This is what she believed, but she hardly stood out at all, even to those who knew her best. And so as she reached womanhood, her parents made plans for her to be married and that was just normal in those days. And they chose Joseph of Nazareth, the carpenter, to be her husband. And so the engagement takes place and then Mary returns home to be with her parents and probably waiting about a year until she went to live with Joseph full time as his wife. And then something happens. The angel of the Lord, Gabriel, appears to her and he says, The Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you so the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. What would it be like to hear a message like that? Put yourself in Mary's shoes. What would it be like to hear a message like that? How do you think you'd respond to that? Would you be afraid? Mary here received a couple of shocks. A couple of shocks. First of all, she's told she's going to become pregnant. Now, this girl is a virgin. She's never been with a man, so that's a bit frightening in itself. Not to mention the fact that Mary lived in a culture where unwed pregnancies weren't exactly publicised and smiled upon. Would she be shunned by her community? What was Joseph going to say when he heard this outrageous story? What was he going to say? Was he going to leave her? And so this is enough to fill Mary with fear. It's enough to fill her with worry. But what shocked Mary the most was the messenger who came to her. The angel Gabriel had to tell Mary specifically, don't be afraid. Why do you think Mary would be afraid? That's a real question. Why would Mary be afraid? What's she got to be frightened of? Joseph not marrying her? Yeah, there's that. Community feeling, yeah. Absolutely. All those things are true. But I think, as I read through this, I think probably just meeting an angel would be absolutely shocking. I mean, Scripture does say, doesn't it, many of you have entertained angels and haven't even known it, right? But I think... 
the glory of an angel appearing to you is actually going to do something to you. And I think that is because you're a sinful person in the presence of a holy angel of God. That's got to actually impact you. I mean, the same happened on Easter morning, didn't it? Do you remember? When the Roman guards saw the angels, they shook and the Bible says they became like dead men. They shook and became like dead men. Scared the living daylights out of them. The women trembled with fear and bowed their faces to the ground. I think the point is unholy people aren't super comfortable in the presence of God's holy angels. And so here's sinful Mary face to face with the holy angel Gabriel and she was afraid. Would you have been? Do you think you need to be afraid? I mean, you're here today in the presence of Almighty God. We say that. We have an invocation at the start of our service and the reason we do that, it's like me saying, Aria, and Aria looks at me and I've got her attention. Father, Son, Holy Spirit is the name of God revealed to us in the Scriptures. We call on the name of God and we get his attention. We say in the name of the Father, Son and the Holy Spirit, we believe that God shows up to be present amongst his people. And we believe that too when we've got elements of bread and wine on the altar, that Jesus, an altar is what but the symbol of the presence of God amongst his people. That's why we have an altar in the church. It symbolises the presence of God amongst his people. You are actually standing on holy ground. Are you afraid though? Do you need to be afraid? I mean, as this announcement uh, comes to Mary from the angel Gabriel, we're hearing about the conception Uh, the miraculous conception of the Son of God. And we know he came to take on human flesh, but he came also, Jesus came to walk much more than just a mile, much more than just a mile in humanity's shoes. He came to walk all the way to the cross with nail-pierced hands and then beyond the cross as well. And united to him, by faith, you don't have to be afraid in the presence of angels. And you can also stand confidently in the presence of God today, Almighty God. We're going to be afraid of anyone, it's Him. But you can stand united to Jesus in the presence of Almighty God. You don't need to be afraid. And so Mary today, she moved from being troubled and confused to amazement at God's mercy, amazement at His love, amazement at God's grace. Are you amazed by God? What does it take to amaze you. Although she's an ordinary person, the Lord had chosen Mary and God through the angel gave her some remarkable promises today. One, the Lord is with you. Two, you have found favour with God. Three, you, you are to have a son and give him the name Jesus. Four, he will be great and be called the Son of the Most High. And finally, the Lord will give him the throne of his father David His kingdom will never end. That's the fulfilment of the Old Testament reading that Lee read out for us um, at the start of the service. That is an awful lot to take in in one sitting. It's an awful lot to take in. Her baby was going to be the Son of God. Her baby was the promised Messiah. This little Jewish woman is going to have the one who would save people and her from all their sins. It's no wonder that Mary is absolutely amazed 
It's no wonder we're told that after the birth of Jesus, Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. All the way through the Gospel, you see Mary treasuring up these things at different stages of Jesus' life and pondering them in her heart. Would you have been amazed if the angel delivered that message to you or to your fiancé? Are you amazed when you think of what God and his messengers declare to you? What about when when you hear the Lord say to you, the Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He does not treat us as our sins deserve from Psalm 103. Does that amaze you? Does it amaze you when Isaiah the prophet says, though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Do not fear for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand, declares the Lord in Isaiah 41. Does that amaze you? The book of Lamentation says, because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. For his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Are you amazed when morning comes around at the Lord's compassions for a whole new day? Jesus says to you, in my Father's house are many rooms. I am going there to prepare a place for you. Then he says, because I live, you also will live. And the Apostle Paul, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. It's a lot to take in. It almost seems too good to be true. It should amaze us. It's like the angel said, you know, when you think, how can this be? How can all this great news be? It's like the angel said today when he spoke to Mary, nothing is impossible with God. Nothing is impossible with God. For humans, it is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. And this same love along with the certainty of God's promises caused Mary to trust and also obey, also obey what the Lord had commanded and what he declared And she said this most amazing response to all this news. Mary responds, I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me as you have said. That blows me away. I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me as you have said. Would you have been obedient? I want you to use your imagination for a moment and imagine, perhaps look at the nativity, imagine that you're kneeling beside the manger. Imagine that you see God in the flesh. Right in front of you is the babe that will later be nailed to the cross and take away your sins. Imagine you're in the presence, in the flesh, you're looking your saviour in the face, face to face. Stay at the manger just a little while longer and look a little bit closer. Wonder at how deeply he loves you. Wonder at how committed he is to you. Wonder at how awesome his gift to you actually is. Aren't you eager to respond the same way Mary did? To pray to the Lord and say, I am your servant, Lord. Please show me today. Bring me opportunities that I might serve you and serve your people wherever you've called me to be. When I think of this, I think of parents 
Parents, you don't show love to your children by giving them a few presents here and there, but by making sacrifices for them and providing for them all year round. And children, they don't just say I love. Uh, they don't just love their parents and show it by saying it to them once or twice a year. Parent, uh, children show how much they love their parents by respecting them, by honouring them, and obeying them every single day. And when they don't, then hopefully they apologise, turn things around, and then actually. Show obedience. Christians don't just say I love you to Jesus by popping into church on the odd Sunday, but by eagerly having the will of God, the word of God, alive and active in, in, throughout their lives every single minute of every single day. So don't just tell God that you love him. Show him. Show him that you love him. Show him in your marriage. Show him in your parenting. Show him in your employment. Show him in your speech and how you address God's people and every person that you encounter as a Christ-bearer in the world. You wonder what mission looks like? You wonder how to do it? Then live out the Gospel promises in your life on a daily, prom- on a daily basis and yes, we all know that we're going to stuff it up. We all know that we're going to fail. We all know, as Lutheran Christians especially, we're huge on grace. And so we come back to the grace of God like a safety net that catches us when we fall. But then Jesus declares his forgiveness to you again and he picks you up and says, go again, have another go, live and walk in my promises again. All we can do today is actually imagine what it might be like to walk in Mary's shoes. Mary who was afraid, Mary who was amazed when she heard those words, do not be afraid. Mary who walked in joyful obedience to the call of God. It's the last thing I want to say. We've been imagining, but Jesus, born of the Virgin Mary, didn't walk in imaginary shoes. Jesus didn't walk in imaginary shoes. His gifts that he brings to your life are absolutely real. His forgiveness in your life is absolutely real and true. His nail-pierced hands and his footsteps of obedience to the will of God and in complete fulfilment of the will of God are for you. And today as you come and you receive his promises of forgiveness, of life and salvation as we gather around the Lord's table, Remember that you come and you encounter the Holy One. You come into the presence of Almighty God, that place where heaven meets earth, where angels and archangels and all the company of heaven are gathered around to sing the praises to God and you come there. You are in that presence. But come not with fear that makes you scared and afraid, but come with fear. Alright? But come with a different kind of fear, a fear that actually leads you to reverence, reverent fear, the kind of fear that inspires awe, the kind of fear that inspires amazement and gratitude to God and his promises. Gratitude that takes your hand gently and leads you to joyful obedience and to that place where you can confess today with Mary, I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me as you have said, Lord. 
whatever you've said to me in your word, whatever your Holy Spirit has prompted me to do, may it be to me as you have said, I am your servant. In Jesus' name, Amen. Friends, may the peace of God, which surpasses all human understanding, keep your hearts and your minds safe in Christ Jesus, your Lord, your Saviour, your Messiah. Amen.